0: Well, good morning, Bellar Church. So I understand there was a moment uh, a couple months ago where somebody was driving a route they've driven on before, and yet they saw something they'd never seen before. Look out the window and they see right to their left uh, a young man sitting, legs dangling off the edge of a bridge. young man sitting on the edge of a bridge isn't a normal sight. What would you do? Would you keep driving? Would you stop? I mean, like on the edge of a tall bridge, not across a creek, a big bridge. Would you turn around? This person made a phone call. 911. Someone shows up on the scene, trained in this area, and begins to talk to this young man, and finds out a high school student. Contemplating, ending it all. A high school student. A teenager. having experienced who knows what to get to that place to be sitting on the edge of a bridge literally trying to be talked off the ledge things don't go the route that the person hoped they would from the police department things begin to get worse begins to escalate the kid makes a choice and he begins to jump and instinctually, this, this this police officer just reaches out and can't reach the kid. But he grabs what he could reach. A backpack on this kid's back. You see, the kid was out of his reach, and yet the backpack was in his reach, and he grabbed it. And it's like a scene out of a movie, and he pulls the kid back up off the bridge. They take him in. They meet him in the midst of where he's at. A life saved. But a lot of work to be done. And people began to come to his life and pour in his life more and more. And as I've heard, this kid who was on the edge, who, who made a decision, who began to jump, His life has been a complete 180, complete 180, all because of a backpack. What if he wasn't wearing a backpack that day? And here's the crazy thing is you are much more connected to this story than you think you are. But I want to come back to that story. Why don't you open up your Bibles to Galatians 6. They 8.30 groaned when I did that. You're used to it here. I want you to go to Galatians 6, 9, and 10. I want to put a little button on that story in a little bit. But in fact, I want to I tell the fullness of that story uh, in a month or two because it is unfolding and it is absolutely remarkable. I'll come back to it in a moment. But let me read for us Galatians 6, 9, and 10. And as you go to Galatians 6, 9, and 10, it's on page 948 in your pew Bible, and we're starting a brand new series today. And today's sermon title is called Radically Good. By the way, before I read this, you know the word radical, uh, you know, I've, 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 uh, I've, I've filled that word up like a piece of luggage uh, with things that that word originally wasn't intended to be filled with. You know, when you hear the word radical, how many of you think of the word extreme? Yeah, it's, it's over the centuries we've added that, that definition. But the word radical comes from the Latin word radix. Let me hear you say radix. radix. It means root, it means the foundation of something. So, in its original intent, the word radical actually was a return to the root of something its foundation, its core. And yet, over time, we kind of live so far out on the limbs that when we hear something that is at the core, uh, at the root, it seems extreme, but it's just a return back to what is rooted and how it should grow up from there. So, in this sermon series, we're going to take a look at a number of things that God has called us to radically be. And the first is this, to be radically good. Let me read Galatians 6, 9, and 10. The Apostle Paul writes, "'So let us not grow weary in doing what is right.' For we will reap at harvest time if we do not give up. So then, whenever we have an opportunity, let us work for the good of all, and especially for those of the family of faith. This, my friends, is the reading of God's Word. Now, how many of you have ever said or heard somebody else say, you know, the Bible doesn't... uh, does it really uh, apply to today? It was written so long ago, and there's things about it that were just, they, they kind of were only true back then, but they're not true today. How many of you have either said that or heard somebody else say that? Okay. Half of you are honest, too. Just, you know, we, we, you know we, we say this a lot. You know, oh, that's just back then. Well, this is one of those verses that was absolutely a back then sort of thing and it has no application for today. <laughs> when was the last time you heard me say that? I mean it, actually, because the Apostle Paul uh, is speaking to a group of Christians with the presupposition that they are doing so much good that they're exhausted. That doesn't apply today. I mean, how many of you, show of hands, did so much good that you were exhausted from all the good that you did? So he's speaking to the whole church in Galatia, and he says, I want to to talk to all of you. Let's not all of us, let's not all of us grow weary in all the good that we're doing, and five people raise their hand. So this doesn't apply to us. Apparently not. Because what I want to talk about is how we should not grow weary in doing good, but if we're not doing good so frequently that we could grow weary, you're not going to hear anything I'm going to say. You'll never grow weary if you never break up a sweat. I mean, it's really easy to not grow weary if you stay on the couch. Some of us are really good at it. The same is true spiritually. So here's the tough thing. I'm trying to communicate something into a, a group, and I, myself included, that There's a danger here that we might completely miss the point because what I want to talk about is how we can be radically good and not grow weary, but it presupposes the fact that we're actually doing good in the first place. I don't know where to go from here. Five of you raised their hands. Everybody online raised their hands, you know. They're out doing good. They're streaming while they're serving out in the commute. No, that's not going on either. So in the time that we have... I want to talk about three things that can cause us to grow weary if and when we get around to doing some good. Okay? We got to be doing good in the first place, but this is how we can prevent ourselves from growing weary. And I would say that one of the reasons why we're not a community that does more good is because we often grow weary when we begin to do it. And we get exhausted. And the same reasons why everybody in the world isn't physically fit, the same is true why people around the world are not spiritually fit because it's hard. And we grow weary and there are hard things that happen and we, and we shut down and we turn back and we show up to church on a Sunday and we say, this is what it means to be a Christian. I showed up this year. I showed up this month. I showed up this week. But God says, I have such a call on your life that I want good to flow to you and through you. And I want to transform your neighborhoods and your workplaces and your families and this city. And I don't want you to rest until you are pouring out with so much love and goodness in such a way that you won't grow weary. That you'll tap into something else that actually causes you to have so much energy and joy that you won't have bitterness or weariness. You won't get burnt out or, or turned away that you would actually flow such goodness through you that the world will take notice. You see, in the first century, the first church lived this. They channeled it in such a way that the world was Transformed. Did you know that it was the Christians who were the only ones who cared for the orphans? It was the Christians who were the only ones who cared for the widows? It was the Christians who only felt this need to care for those living in homelessness? It was the Christians who ran towards people with the bubonic plague in the Middle Ages when everybody else ran away. The doctors ran, the families ran, the government ran. Christians ran towards people. They were do-gooders in the best sense of the word. And they participated in this goodness that God wanted to flow to all of humanity. And Paul says, here's some things that you've got to know so that you don't grow weary. If you're taking note, three things quickly I want to share with us. Three three reasons why we often grow weary in doing good or perhaps prevent us from continuing to do good. The first is this, is that we don't hear, good job. To the level that we want. That's number one. Number two, we're out of shape. Number three, we don't see the results as fast as we want to. All right, first, uh, we don't hear good job at a girl, at a boy, to the extent that we do. Uh, how many of you love it, love it, love it, love it, love it, love it when you do something for somebody else and they say, Thank you? Right? Now, let's just pause here. That's a good thing. It's a normal thing. But when you fill your life up of service with the fuel of other people's approval, with the fuel of other people's acknowledgement, with the fuel of other people saying, good job, with the fuel of other people saying, thank you, it'll fuel your car. But like gasoline, it's going to be bad for the environment. It's not clean fuel. There will be awful side effects, some of which that I experience all the time. I do something, I do something, I do something, and no one notices it. And then I get bitter. I do the laundry, and I fold it, and I walk in, show my wife, and I put it down. That's how I walk at home, by the way. Put it down. Well, you're at home, you can do whatever you want, right? I walk in, I put it down, and I'm just waiting. My wife's juggling the two kids, and she's cleaning the house, and I'm just I'm just waiting, 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 and I get bitter real quick. I get bitter real quick while she's got the baby on the, you know, and I'm like, "Where's my thank you?" I folded it the right way, and I take out the trash, and I'm just waiting. You know, I clean the cat litter. I'm just waiting. And here's the crazy thing. She says, thank you all the time. She says how appreciative she is all the time. And yet, because for some reason, the brokenness of me tries to fuel up on this thing, I'm like one of those crazy SUVs that gets like three miles to the gallon. (laughs) And I run out of that fuel so quick that I got to go back to the source like twice for the same load. She's already said, thank you. And I'm like, well... But I folded it too. I've already yes, thank you. But I went like I want like a like a like a song written about me. I mean, it's like it's this, it's this. Can anybody relate? You see, we can so grow weary in doing good if we are fueled by other people noticing it. That's the quickest way to grow weary. When your kids stop noticing. When your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your spouse, your employee, a coworker, a parent, a grandparent, a neighbor, the moment you don't get that fuel, it's so easy to grow weary. It's so easy to grow bitter. And the great irony of it all is that actually in those moments, you're not doing good for good's sake. You're not serving people. You're just doing it so that you can be filled up. I mean, on one hand, yes, it's true, it's better to give rather than receive, but if we push it to the max, then we are giving so that we receive accolades. We give so that we receive acknowledgement. And in its most extreme versions, the only time we will ever do good to people is to people who we want to say in a public way, good job. You know, we want to do good for celebrities. We want to do good for people of influence. We want to do good for people with a platform. We want to do good for people that could give us a raise. We want to do good for people that have something for us. And yet, when it comes to somebody who either doesn't say thanks or has no platform to say thank you where everyone else will hear, we move right along. And five of us raise our hands and say, I've done so much good, I'm exhausted. We grow weary when we fuel up on the accolades of others. And it's like a dam is set up and this river of goodness that God wants to flow through you is shored up and it dries out everything in your wake. Aren't you glad you're here today? Man, I do this all the time. Second reason why we get weary is because we're out of shape. Now, I was uh, out of town last week. How many of you were here to hear Pastor Kim preach? How awesome was that? I mean, what a, what a gift it is to have such a great pastoral team. And Kim, you know, if you didn't hear it, uh, uh, preached on come and see what, what prayer could look like from God's point of view. And if you missed it, you can go on our website. You can download our app or even listen to that podcast on iTunes. But while I was uh, away and she preached, I was doing something really dumb, actually. Uh, I started at 1230. I had a 20-pound pack, and the goal was to run 60 miles. I know Anthony's in the house, and he runs 100 miles, you know, like, like it's Nothing. But I throw on a backpack, and we're going to do this thing called fast packing. Why? I still don't know why I did this. Uh, but we had in all of our food, we had in all of our gear, and over the course of 48 hours, we were going to run in uh, Arkansas, of all places, on the Ozark Highland Trail. And with literally within the first minute, this is no exaggeration, within the first minute at 1230, with a pack that I hadn't fully weighed down to fully run to feel what that's like, in humidity that I'm not used to running in the heat of 1230 in the afternoon, I was weary within the first minute. And I thought, I've got 60 <laughs> God-awful miles to go. <laughs> and I kept looking at my watch, and two of the guys who were with me regularly run these 100-mile races, and my brother-in-law was with me. He's been training, and I am dying out there. <laughs> I was exhausted. I was weary. There was a moment where I cramped up in both my quads, my hamstring and both. Do you know you have muscles on your shins? (laughs) I did not know that. All this is cramping. And I'm thinking, I want to die right now. Why am I here? I just, I don't want, want to be doing anything other than this. And the same is true for us spiritually. When we're not used to something, when we do it the first time, it is awful. It is painful. We feel like we've strained something. We feel like our lungs are going to just burst out of our mouth. We get sick. We vomit. Why would I want to go back to the gym? Why would I want to go back to doing that? But the same is true spiritually. Sometimes when we finally do something good after being on the couch spiritually for a long time, it is hard. It is painful. We open up the door for somebody and we're like, I am done (laughs) for the year. Where finally, you know, you're about to have dinner with a friend, and they bring up the fact that someone close to them has just betrayed them, and you actually, you actually cancel your plans, you don't go to the movie, you actually take the time to listen to them. How exhausting. You didn't get to see Infinity War, you listen to somebody and their problems. How exhausting! And we get so exhausted when we're out of shape that when we finally have an opportunity to do good, it is so overwhelming, it is so exhausting, we're stretched, we're poured out. And the last thing we want to do is do that again. Now let me say that again. There are some of us that don't do good, that don't allow the good of God to flow through us because we so infrequently do it that when we finally get a chance to do it, we're overwhelmed by it. And you're looking at me with blank stares like people that haven't been in the gym in a while and are complaining because you feel like you're out of shape. What, you mean I got to go into the gym? I've got a gym membership. I've got a membership. Can't I just have a membership? <laughs> it's, I, it's, I, it's a lot of money. I pay for that membership. Or, you're, no, 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 actually that's not a good metaphor. You've shown up. You're here in the household of God. Have you been in the gym, seen a lot of people who just stand there and yap and talk and just kind of watch? They never sweat, never get on the treadmill, they never lift a weight. It is so tempting to just do that. I went to the gym today, I went to church today. And we're not getting healthier, we're not strengthening our good muscles. Now, here's the crazy thing. I watched Anthony Zimitti, I'm going to come back to you, r- run 100 miles in under 24 hours without sleeping, without a pack. You, like, you had to train for that, right? You, and you trained hard for it, right? You took that seriously. How many miles a week were you running leading up to it? 70, 70 miles a week. How many of you have ever ran 70 miles in your life? <laughs> like, he was doing that every single week. And actually, uh, there are many people in this church, more than those that I think raise their hand, that are doing so much good, and it's so natural for them. And it's flowing out of them that they're actually, in every opportunity, doing good. And they're, and they're, they're patient with people. They're kind for people. They're connecting people. They're giving of their time, their energy, their resources to people. And it's natural. And they're not straining themselves because they've been practicing. And the fact that you were able to come up here the day after running 100 miles and the fact that you could walk. (laughs) Right? And some of you, you give and you're generous and it ain't no thing because you've practiced, those muscles have have built up. Again, one of the easiest ways to grow weary is by not doing it. Third is this, uh, we grow weary when we don't see the result, when we don't see the... uh, you know the good actually coming to fruition we show up and we serve and it seems like it doesn't make a difference the prayer team comes up and no one comes forward you you know you 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 show up at a at a service opportunity and it just seems like it kind of falls apart you you know you you take vacation time to go on a a global service team and it just seems like at the end of it like yeah you did work but was there really an impact that was made you you lay down your life for people and it seems like they don't change. People go back to the addictions. They, they go back to the ungratefulness. The, the bitterness is still there. The anger is still there. And it seems like no matter how much you mentor, no matter how much you volunteer, it just seems like things don't just just pan out. The, the, the needle isn't moved. Now, we live in such a results-oriented society that we are actually told to Kind of like invest your time where there is movement. Invest your energy where you do see results. And the Apostle Paul says, I know how humanity works. Don't grow weary. Open those Bibles back up. Take a look at exactly how he says it. He says, don't grow weary. Some translations say, in doing what is good. This translation says, in doing what is right. Verse 9, for we will reap at harvest time if we do not give up. He says, don't grow weary. Don't give up. Because one day there's going to be a harvest. One day all this planting, all this watering, all this tilling, all this pruning will produce fruit. It will produce fruit. And it's so much easier when it produces fruit that we can see. It is so much easier when it produces shade that we can stand under. It produces so much more joy when it produces fruit that we can taste and that we can eat. One of the greatest things you can ever do is plant a tree under whom its shade you will not stand under. To plant a fruit tree under which fruit you will never eat. To pour your life into a community, into a neighborhood, into a family, into a church, into a city in ways that you'll never on this side of eternity see the fruit. But Jesus says one day you will see the fruit. The book of James says, right now we see as if in a mirror dimly. It's like we're late at night and we've stumbled into a a room. We're looking in a mirror and it's dark and we can't fully make out our features. Should I reapply my makeup? Is my hair doing that? I can't believe it. Should I go back out on this date? I don't know what's going on. Can't see what's going on. James says, that's how life is. We can't fully see. But one day, in God's presence, we're going to have a full, clear picture Isn't that a remarkable thought that all the good that you've ever done, that you've ever been a part of, you're going to see the fruit of that one day in God's presence. I actually believe that God's going to sit us down and say, I want to show you what you got to be a part of. I think we're going to be so overwhelmed on one hand with all the amazing things that that God was able to do through us that it'll be this intricate Masterful, amazing symphony of a presentation. But on the other hand, I wonder, and though there's not going to be sorrow in God's presence, I wonder if we're going to say, gosh, I wish I would have participated in more. I don't know what that's going to be like, but one day we're going to see clearly face-to-face. You know, these things of weariness that, that prevent us from doing good or cause us to get weary in our doing good, of not hearing good job enough, of being out of shape in our goodness and in not seeing the results of it, it's common to all of us. Just to get a sense for those who are in the room, how many of you uh, get most discouraged of the three by not getting the verbal affirmation? How many of you feel like you fall into that court category? That's, that's, that's where I am. Okay. So that's, that's how uh, in your brokenness you've been wired or the wiring has been undone in such a way that that's going to be where you're going to go for fuel. The affirmation. So hold that thought for a moment. How many of you, the second one, uh, that you just feel like, you know, man, I, I just, this is going to take some boldness here. I, I do so little good in the world that when I do good for the first time, I am exhausted. How many of you are that? That takes a lot of, cur- thank you so much. That is massive, yes. Well, it's a safe place here, right? Yes. Okay, like 40 people raise their hand in their heart. They're like, I'm not going to do that in public, you know. Um, Third one, how many of you uh, get weary in doing good because you just don't see the fruit of it? How many of you? Wow, a lot, right? That's going to be, that's going to be the thing that God's enemy wants to just get in under your armor and, you know, the fuel is the, the results, the fruit. So how do we combat against that? It's so simple, it is so simple that the majority of us likely will just brush right past it in the same way that people say, well, if you just eat healthy and you work out, you're going to get healthier. I mean, that's so simple, it's impossible. The simplicity is this, if you get into God's Word and you get into Christian community, as simple as that, As you get in God's Word and you, and you begin to learn and remember and soak in the overflowing goodness of God into your life that pours into your life undeserved, that showers you with grace and mercy and forgiveness and believes in you more than anyone, even yourself believes in you, that, that longs for you to experience this life that God invites us into, that you see the more that you're in God's Word… That's hard. I mean, getting in the gym a couple of days a week, that's hard. But to get into God's Word every single day. And if you need a Bible reading plan, we can give one for you. If you download the YouVersion app, there's a great Bible reading plan. There's so many great resources out there. The more that you get into God's Word... The more you're going to be connected to the source, the root of this good God who wants a relationship with you. As James says, every good and perfect gift comes down from our heavenly Father, our Father of lights who doesn't change like shifting shadows, that that goodness flows to you and now through you to others. That you'll actually hear from your heavenly Father, well done, good and faithful servant. Even though your boss doesn't say it, even though a spouse doesn't say it, even though the kids don't say it, God says, Well done you had integrity, you were patient, you were kind, you were serving, you were loving, well done. Let those words resonate throughout your ears and in your heart. That it's in community that actually you're going to have the place to put into practice these things. You're going to actually flex those good muscles, as it says in Galatians six ten. So then, whenever we have an opportunity, let us work for the good of all. And especially for those of the family of faith, the Apostle Paul says, look for those opportunities you can't do it in an isolation to let the goodness of God flow through you. Look for those opportunities to flex those muscles for all people and especially those in the community of faith. You know, every time you sit next to one another, it's an opportunity to do good. You know, it's easy to show up to church and look at the back of people's heads and say shoulder-to-shoulder shoulder, just looking forward to be consumers of ministry, but you can actually create and produce ministry by turning to somebody and say, hi, how can I pray for you this week? What? Did they just say that? Some of you do, and you have been. Those moments are so powerful. As you volunteer, as you serve, not only in this community can spill over. This is where we can practice, so that we can people that do good out in the city, in our neighborhoods, and around the globe. As you spend time in God's word, in in God's community, you're going to have this reminder that God is going to reveal to you the fullness one day that you can't see right now. That as you show up, as you mentor, as you're patient, as you give, that one day you're going to see the fullness of that fruit. Now, what's so fascinating about that story that I started with, that I told you about, of the the young man who was rescued by that police officer, as I understand it, recently that police officer just received a medal. There was a ceremony. It was like a big deal. Like public acknowledgement in the person's profession of doing, like above and beyond what they're called to do. Amazing, right? It's a great thing. But here's what's so crazy to me is that there's somebody who's part of this church that doesn't know that they saved that kid's life. There's somebody who's part of this church that has been going around the last couple months who has no clue that their decision saved that kid's life. What? How many of you have ever donated a backpack to this church? Put your hands up. Keep those hands up. Keep them up. Keep them up. Keep them up. up. Keep them up, keep them up, keep them up. There's people online, hands up. We've got services all day. There's people who aren't here this day that can't answer this question. Look around, hands up, hands up. There is somebody that gave a backpack through this church that made its way into the hands of that young man that was wearing that backpack that day. That was, how do you put this on? I bet he was much smoother putting that backpack on, right? There's somebody in this church that bought a backpack that was on the back of that kid that was on the edge of the bridge, that who made the decision to take his life, that it was that backpack that was grabbed, that pulled the kid back, that saved that kid's life. There's somebody who has no idea that they saved a kid's life. I want to find out what that backpack was. And I want to connect that backpack to the person that gave it. Can we do this, church? We've got to figure this out. Because here's the crazy thing they don't even know it. And I have no idea who this person is. And JT and Sid are so closely tied into the life of this kid. I mean, they are doing such amazing things in this kid's life before that incident, and after this incident. People who are pouring into the the Foster All event. See, this kid was actually here on this campus on Christmas. Right? Is that right? Right? See, I'm just giving like a trailer for the full movie that's going to come out in a couple months. (laughs) This is so crazy, the things that are happening, that are unfolding right now. How many of you have ever been to family camp? Ever? Now, I heard that part of the story from JT, this story goes all the way back to family camp, like how many decades ago was that? Twelve, So a decade point two. You want the, there's, there's all these crazy things of all these things that are happening that are now causing this kid who made a decision to have his life absolutely transformed. And this story is unfolding. And so I wonder if that person who gave that backpack that day that somehow got in the hands of this young man that was the, the handle of which the person pulled him back to life I wonder if they ever experienced weariness. Like I wonder if before that moment they uh, had done some good in their life and maybe hadn't received the affirmation that they had hoped they would from family or friends or even from this this church. I I wonder if there was a moment where, you know, they thought about giving but thought, who's going to notice? Paul says, don't give up. Don't grow weary. Take the opportunity to do good because it could save a life. I don't know if that person showed up that day and, you know, was spiritually out of shape. Maybe it was the first time they had been back to church in years. You know, we live at a time where there's such infrequency of attendance, and I get it, there's so much going on. You know, we got kids' sports, and we've got, you know, it's a beautiful time of year, and, you know, there's nobody at the movies for matinee on Sundays, and there's a lot of good... I mean, you can stream service online. You can listen to it after the fact. And the more that we spend in isolation, away from Christian community, the more out of shape we're going to get spiritually. And if that person hadn't showed up that day, hadn't bought the backpack, where would that young man be? I don't know. But that person, and I, I want to find that you, it could be one of you which is so crazy. You showed up that day. You heard the call. You bought a backpack. You gave it. It saved somebody's life. Maybe some of you feel like there's, there's no fruit. There's nothing that you've seen. But I don't know if that person who gave that backpack that day was discouraged and thought, what's a backpack going to do? I'll never see this. I'll never know. I mean, it's a backpack. What, for, for pens and books? Nice. But, I mean, what's that going to do? I have a sliver, 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 sliver perspective of one aspect of one story, and there's billions of them happening in this city. Where God, who is the God of all, says, I want to do good in this city, I want to do good in these workplaces. I want to do good in these schools. I want to do good in these families. I want to do good in these neighborhoods. Who are my people that will step up and be my do-gooders? Who are going to be people that can be radically good in ways that it doesn't make sense, in ways that it's uncomfortable, in ways that it's inconvenient, in ways that they're not going to get the affirmation that they're looking for? Who's going to step up and be part of my majestic plan? Look at that hand. I love that. So quick that hand goes up. You're leading us. You're doing what Isaiah says. Here I am, Lord, send me. I love how in Isaiah, he comes in an encounter with the holiness of God. He is overwhelmed. He says, woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips, a man who speaks for his profession. His vocal ability was the, his best asset. And he says, even that thing that I'm so good at is... is, is is dirty in your presence because you're so holy and beautiful, God. And God lifts him up. He redeems him. He forgives his sins. And before he is told where, before he gets a job description, before anything else, he says, here I am, Lord. Just send me. I want to be part of your team. I want to be sent out. So, Air, we've got an opportunity. We've got an opportunity. I'm not going to say a year from now. I'm going to say a month from now, to do so much good that we've got the potential to be weary. Imagine if we did so much good that when people in this church ask for prayer, that we would say, would you pray that I don't grow weary in doing good? For my coworker. Would you pray that I don't grow weary in doing good for my kids? Would you would you pray for me that I wouldn't grow weary in in, in, in mentoring or fostering or serving or or being part of what God is doing in the city? How beautiful would that be? We can do this. We have to do this. And the apostle Paul says: don't grow weary in doing good. Keep at it. And when you look at the whole context of that chapter, he says you can either do things based upon your own strength in the flesh or you can do all things through the Spirit. And that's the key. The more you get into God's Word, the more you get into Christian community. It is the Spirit that fuels you to do that good. It is the Spirit that is the fuel in the tank. It's that clean, burning, good fuel. No emissions. Not going to destroy the environment. It's better than electricity, better than solar. It is the Holy Spirit power in you. The book of Romans is the same spirit that rose Jesus from the grave, lives in you if you gave your life to Jesus. So you think it's exhausting to go to the gym? It sure is. But you have a supernatural power to do good in this world, unlike anything else, because the Holy Spirit says, I want to dwell in you and fuel you to do these things you would never dream of. Should we pray? Let's get started. Let's pray. Loving God, we thank you for this moment. And may this begin a week of allowing your goodness, God, to flow through us. May we get in your word. May we get into your community. Jesus, we thank you, even now in this moment, that we have an opportunity to to give. For those of us that this is our church family, God, would we give generously? Would we give with joy? And as we give either now in person or online, God, would you take what we give, would you do immeasurably more than we can ever ask or imagine, would you multiply these resources, which are yours to begin with, for your good in this city and around the globe. In Jesus' name, amen.